with your latest news. I'm April Cummings. Public Health says the uptake of COVID-19 vaccine has, quote, been so widely supported by the community, supplies are currently depleted, but there is more on the way. Officials are expecting more vaccines to arrive on Friday, November 12th on the British Airways flight. As a result, vaccine clinics will be closed through Saturday, the 13th of November, and will resume on Tuesday, November 16th. After the Centers for Disease Control in the U.S. warned Americans against traveling to Cayman because of COVID concerns this week, the Ministry of Tourism says the new travel advisory will have minimal effect on the projected tourism arrivals once the border reopens this month. Tourism Minister the Honorable Kenneth Bryan. Although the CDC's travel advisory is regrettable, the recommendation advising travelers to ensure they are vaccinated is in keeping with the Cayman Islands' phased border reopening policy, which takes effect on the 20th of November. The policy stipulates that all visitors to the islands must be fully vaccinated and present a negative PCR test taken within 72 hours of arrival. Mr. Bryan says given the fast approaching reopening date, it is understandable that this travel advisory is raising concern. But the reality is the move to level four does not automatically mean that the Cayman Islands tourism industry will be negatively affected. The minister says being at level four has not been shown to have any long-term immediate or immediate negative impacts on the economies or tourism products of competitors, nor has there been any suggestion that vacation bookings are being canceled due to the CDC rating. On the contrary, we do not expect that visitors will be deterred and the Department of Tourism stands by its projections that the Cayman Islands will remain on a path of slow and steady growth following the reopening of our borders on the 20th of November of this month. The Cayman Islands government remains confident that stringent health and safety protocols implemented by public health will continue to keep residents and visitors to our island safe. The leader of the opposition says his team and many members of the community are concerned by the escalating levels of COVID-19 community spread. The Honorable Roy McTaggart tells Radio Cayman, in addition to local concerns, there are also the international media hits the country's taken lately. The New York Times featured Cayman as top of their list of places with the highest daily average of new COVID-19 cases. And as we mentioned, the CDC moved Cayman up their travel list ranking to the top level four category. These events have severe implications for our tourism business, particularly as we are poised to reopen our borders and reintroduce visitors to our islands. We will have tourists willing to visit, but the rise in community spread of the virus, coupled with the CDC recommending travelers avoid the islands, will temper any enthusiasm for visitors to come here. Mr. McTaggart says the implications to Cayman's health system and the health of the economy are now, quote, at the gravest it has been since the onset of the pandemic. It's a regrettable set of events, and I, I remain of the view that this is down to serious mismanagement by the government. The leader of the opposition says his side is worried that preparedness planning is, quote, still not yet completed, given how close the country is to the November 20th reopening date. Whilst one may debate whether there is any such thing as a genuinely safe reopening of the borders, there is little argument that one must have a properly planned border reopening. And so far, this does not seem like a planned border reopening. Rather, it seems like we are hurtling towards a November 20th date and praying for the best. On Monday, the official website for COVID-19 communications was updated with new info regarding Phase 4 of the Cayman Islands reopening plan. Resilience Cayman says hundreds of residents have asked for help from their COVID-19 financial assistance program. Radio Cayman's Shanda Gallego reports. In its first week, Resilience Cayman Chairperson Jan Gupta explains the program received a strong response. So far, over 
500 uh, applications. Individuals are in various stages of that. Um, either they are com they've completed it, submitted it, or online through our portal, or they are in the process of gathering the documents, but they've started applications. So in total, there's about 500 individuals uh, who have reached out to us. The program is focused on providing food vouchers, utilities, relief, and rent assistance to individuals and families whose employment income has been severely reduced due to work disruptions caused by the pandemic. There are certain circumstances and situations, depending on that individual's family situation, that, that they would qualify for this. It's meant to be a stopgap program that works and coordinates um, with the other ones that are available on the island. So we, we provide assistance to as many people uh, as truly needed. Ms. Gupta says they're coordinating their efforts with the Needs Assessment Unit and the Ministry of Tourism. There are specific criteria that applicants will have to meet in order to qualify, and eligibility will be verified with agencies including NAU and the MOT. We're coordinating it closely so that uh, we ensure that the people who really need that assistance and aren't getting any are able to access it. Um, to that end, this program is open to Caymanians, PR, as well as work permit holders uh, who are uh, who have proof of status here, proof of their immigration status here. Work permit holders who previously were on a valid work permit but no longer have jobs are also included. To apply, individuals must complete an online application form, or if they don't have access to the Internet, they can call Resilience at 345-333-1010 to get help with completing their application over the phone. Supporting documentation will also be required, such as job termination letter, eviction notice, disconnection notice, and or quarantine notice. Shanda Gallego, Radio Cayman News. The Global Cruise Activist Network calls on the UN COP26 Climate Change Summit in Glasgow to accelerate steps to reverse climate damage from cruise ships. Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Solins has more. The Global Cruise Activist Network asks UN delegates to take immediate steps to ensure that cruise ships in service globally comply with standards that will achieve net zero emissions of greenhouse gases by the cruise industry by 2050, as cruise ships are super emitters of greenhouse gases. GCAN recommends that at a minimum, standards for the cruise industry should require emission reductions of 40 percent by 2030 and incremental reductions of 5 percent year on year thereafter. These standards would be consistent with the goals of the Paris Agreement. GCAN urges faster action towards ship emissions accounting economic incentives to decarbonize the industry and development of clean power practices, shore power and alternative fuels. This sense of urgency is only heightened after GCAN learned that two Estonian-owned cruise ships were hired for accommodation during COP26. The cruise ships will run on fossil fuels despite being equipped to use onshore power. The hoteling emissions from these two ships combined is the equivalent of 700 idling semi-trucks burning shipping fuels non-stop. And due to the higher content of sulfur in shipping fuel, the amount of sulfur dioxide is the same as 46,200 trucks idling non-stop in Glasgow, the most populous city in Scotland. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins. Emissions from the worldwide shipping industry produce carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide. Felicia adds these include microparticles of black carbon, a health hazard in cruise ports, as well as a contributor to global warming.
Civil servants will be getting a bonus payout this year. Deputy Governor, the Honorable France Manderson, says this includes an additional payment exclusively for uniformed officers who are vaccinated. An honorarium was also issued by the previous administration back in June 2020 with public servants who helped to combat COVID-19 by delivering essential services during the height of the crisis, receiving a one-off payment of $1,000. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's Newsroom. I'm April Cummings. A taste of the action there, alive on Facebook today. The Virgin Islands versus the Cayman Islands. Cayman scored the first goal at the CONCACAF men's under-20 qualifiers, but then the Virgin Islands caught up. At halftime, it was 1-1. Then Cayman stepped up and kept on scoring. When all was said and done, Cayman 5, Virgin Islands 2. There were goals scored by Shamir Hendricks, Ebanks, Seymour, and Elder Ebanks. A full report tomorrow on Radio Cayman Sports. The Buchan Cup is this weekend at the South Sound Rugby Pitch, where the Buccaneers will face off against the Pigs at 3 o'clock. In addition to the game, there will also be the hog roast and beverages. For more information, head to Cayman Rugby's Facebook page. And the wait is over. Registration is now open for the third annual 3x3 basketball extravaganza, where boys meet men, a competitive, friendly event at the Kamana Bay Sports Complex outdoor courts on November 20th from 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. There will be a junior and senior division with a cash prize of $1,000 up for grabs. The event is part of this year's International Men's Day Observation. You can register online for free at the Family Resource Center or on-site on the day. And Saturday morning football is back. Academy is accepting registrations now for their juniors under nine program for boys and girls. This program is for players born in 2013, 14, and 15. And it will provide young players with a chance to work with professional coaches. The program starts on the 20th of November and runs through the 18th of December. It'll be from 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. You can find out more information at academysportclub.com. KY. That is your latest local sports from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings.